Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Write or Die Show. I am your host, Randy Lee Boswell. On today's episode, we are going to be talking to Dorothy Hewson. And I want to put a little disclaimer here. We are talking about mental health. And in this episode, we will be talking about sexual abuse. Welcome, Dorothy. Excited to have you on the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. So I'm a baby boomer. So I'm, uh, uh, I just turned 60. And I had a kind of a life, huge event or transition in my late 40s. uh, When I realized that I had been living with post traumatic stress disorder, my whole life. And I didn't know it. And so I started my healing journey um, in my, like I said, in my, in my late forties, I became a licensed marriage and family therapist. And during that um, learning process, I also healed myself from, well, not by myself, but with the help of a lot of other people, I healed from um, post-traumatic stress disorder from childhood sexual abuse. Wow. And that's, yeah. And so um, what I do now, I wrote a book about my story. It's called Breaking the Chains of Transgenerational Trauma, uh, My Journey from Surviving to Thriving. And what I do now is I help other people who have um, childhood trauma that manifests in their life. Maybe they don't know it, although a lot of people are much more aware of how their childhood affects them now, uh, much more aware than I was. And I help them heal from um, their childhood trauma through a process I call reparenting. Oh, that's an interesting name to call it. How did you come up with that? Uh, It's a working with um, uh, my inner child or um, healing uh, being being there for myself uh, in the past as as a child and myself adult self provides for myself my little inner child what I didn't get when I was a child so it's a it's a reparenting process that is inside internally like in our mind yeah and, and that's kind of cool um, so how did you up until you found out that you had PTSD. Mm-hmm. How were you dealing with what you didn't know was going on? Yeah, so um, my family had a very big emotional uh, conversion when I was a young teenager, like right before adolescence, my whole family uh, converted to Christianity. So this was during the 70s, during the um, Jesus movement. And um, it was an upbeat form of, of Christianity where there were um, upbeat um, bands and music, the Maranatha um, music came about during that time, Harvest Crusades. So we were kind of swept up into that form of Christianity and um, it really helped my, my family because um, Prior to that, there was a lot of fighting, a lot of chaos. Uh, My parents were divorced and then remarried and um, just a lot of chaos and fighting. So when they converted, 
I converted as well, you know, I was just a, a young kid. And uh, so I, I used Christian's um, spiritual practices to heal, um, but it didn't really work for me. Uh, I, th I thought it did. Um, I kept trying to ask forgiveness for this shame that I felt in my body from the abuse because I mistook that feeling of shame for sin because that's what I was taught like if you feel 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 dirty that's because of sin and so this is what you do you pray you read your bible you go to church you attend bible studies so you follow all these rules and you're accepted into this community. It was a lovely community, but um, still it was based on following all the rules. And that's how I dealt with it. And so I told myself that I, I was healed. And um, eventually though, I became more and more isolated and um, I spent a lot of time just daydreaming in into like I thought about heaven a lot and I wanted to just get away from this life on earth I didn't want to be here anymore I just wanted to you know, be in eternity with Jesus and that's how it affected me um, in the long run and just disconnected disconnected from myself from my kids from my life and uh, got worse and worse Okay. What made you finally decide to go seek help? Yeah, that's kind of an interesting story. Um, people get a pretty big kick out of it, but I, I was, so I was very dependent on my husband. He um, was the spiritual leader of the home. He was the breadwinner. He was, uh, he's a go-getter, um, workaholic. And uh, so he was an attorney making um, good money and unable to, because of he, he has his own childhood trauma as well, and just unable to fulfill that need within him that he had for um, what he was trying to get through achievement. And um, so he said, um, I can't do this anymore. It's it's killing me. Um, what I what we're gonna do now is we're gonna um, become marriage and family therapists, and um, both of us working as therapists will be able to maintain our lifestyle. And I just, you know, I fall. I didn't think I could become a therapist, honestly, but it was our. It was what I did. I did what you know he, you know. He, did, he wasn't mean about it. He was never mean. He was just like, this is what we need to do. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try. I'll do my okay. best. What were you doing before you became? Uh, I was Catholic? just working for him. Okay. I was working. For, yeah, we were, we, we always worked together. Okay. I, I was always supporting him and, and I was his help meet and um, I don't know if you know how uh, Christians teach about the marriage relationship, but um, that was my job. I was his helpmeet. I was his, I was to, you know, submit to his leadership. And uh, so, yeah, I always supported him. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so then you, you went and became a marriage counselor. And from there, what happened next? Well, uh, that's when um, like all the, the ahas started clicking in because as part of my training, I had to um, get into personal psychotherapy. In order to become a counselor, you have to go into therapy. And I told my therapist, you know, I just need it. I'm good. My life's good. I, um, you know, I, I don't really need therapy. I just um, need to experience this for school. Yeah. And so I got in there and the first day um, I got completely triggered. I couldn't answer. I could, couldn't answer her questions about my past. I'd written, taken the uh, intake tests and stuff. And um, she said, well, I think you have post-traumatic stress disorder. And I was like, what? <laughs> so um, I couldn't talk about it in the beginning. And this is where the writing came in. I literally had, did not have the words. I could not talk about it. I'd never talked about it with anybody. It was a secret that mm -hmm. I had kept my whole life. And so it was it was kind of compartmentalized in my mind at six years old as a child, I didn't have the words. And so um, she, my therapist or counselor, she encouraged me to start writing about it. And I said, uh, I'll give it a try. Yeah. And that's a pretty common theme for almost every guest. I'm going to go with 99% <laughs> of the guests on the show say that therapists say to write about it or that writing helps them. So, I mean, there's obviously something in that. And I know for myself, writing was, was my go-to, which is how the name of the show came up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I just, you know, if people who are listening right now, if you haven't tried writing, cause you're like, I'm not a writer. You don't have to be a writer, mm -mm. right? Mm -hmm. You're not writing it for anybody else. You're writing it for yourself. So it really right. doesn't actually have to make sense. You right. just need to get it out. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I, I had written, I had um, practiced journaling as a Christian. So I was familiar with it. But my writing um, prior was um, just about the Bible and how I could improve and not a whole lot of introspection, really. Um, it was mostly about memorizing scripture and then how I could improve myself this was like the first time I actually started writing about what happened to me okay and do you mind sharing a little snippet of what happened to you oh no I don't mind it I wrote about it in in my book as well so um I was uh sexually assaulted at age six and then uh, what happens when kids are sexually assaulted is they, um, you know, they dissociate that you go into freeze, you know, fight, fight, freeze or faint, you go into freeze. And so I became vulnerable to more assaults or more abuse. I couldn't say no. So when I um, was assaulted, um, I went into freeze um, for survival. That's what we do as kids. We um, just shut down. And then I wasn't able to um, 
talk about it with any back then. I mean, this was in the 60s. We didn't know much about how to help kids. Um, there, you know, I wasn't put in counseling or anything like that. Um, and my mom had her own trauma from uh, World War II. She was an immigrant from uh, Europe. Oh, okay. And so um, she was dealing with her own own trauma. She didn't know how to he help me deal with what happened to me. So we just never talked about it. I mean, it just became this um, secret. Uh, and in my mind, I was I was my family's dirty little secret. And that's just how I kept it within me. And so that's how trauma, you know, gets transferred from generation to generation because um, we're so dependent on the relationship between parent and child. I was so dependent on my mom to help me and she couldn't help me. So that um, created a vulnerability so that later on when I like played with other kids and maybe it was just normal kid exploration you show me yours I'll show you mine I could never say no I was completely compliant and like a robot and so I was um, abused by other boys later on as well and that's a common um, experience for um, kids who have been sexually abused we we do get um, like a abused again and again by other perpetrators because you can't if you can't say no you and and kids are naturally um gonna you know are exposed to porn and other kids who are abused we they reenact it and it just keeps um cycle you know keeps going until we deal with it until we start talking about it and start dealing with it and it's really important what made you decide to publish your book because this is obviously not an easy topic to talk about um and i'm guessing and you can let me know if i'm right or wrong in my guess i'm mm -hmm. guessing that when you started journaling for your therapy that you weren't planning on publishing yeah that's that's correct <laughs> You're right on. So I started uh, writing. Um, a friend of mine, uh, I told her my story, and she's a, a ghostwriter. She was. Now she's a, a coach, a book coach and editor. But back then, she was a ghostwriter. And she said, you should write a book. That's a compelling story. And um, I was already, you know, journaling quite a bit. And, and uh, so I said, yeah you know will you help me and she said yeah so i but when i first started writing it was just therapeutic it was like just like almost like you know just vomiting out everything about my whole life and just this long manuscript of you know eighty thousand, hundred thousand. i don't know how many words it was long and um my friend she kept saying you know you need to rewrite it keep rewriting keep rewriting and it took me three years yeah. um but the last year she said it's a good book you can publish it you self-publish it yeah 
but um, do you want people to read it? And um, I was like, well, yeah, why, you know, I do. And then she's, you know, so she guided me and said, then you need to start writing it for your reader. Stop writing it for yourself and start writing it for your reader. And um, that's a whole different shift again that that took yeah. place. And that's then once I did that, then I was like, oh, I've got to, I've got to really share the stuff that people want to hear, which is, you know, the, the real personal stuff. Yeah. The stuff that we don't usually like to share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the stuff we want to hear about, right? Right, right. And so it was hard. It was hard. But um, I have been, you know, I've been in therapy continually. Um, even though I am a therapist, I still am in therapy. So I, um, I knew the importance, I guess, of, of sharing the truth and sharing um, what really happened. And even though it is kind of a taboo subject, and um, I have gotten some reviews that are kind of warning, like warning, warning, this book will trigger you, um, you know, like this, <laughs> don't read it, it's going to trigger you. Um, but I think that's good. I'm, yeah. I think it's good that people get triggered, because yeah. that's a, it's an, it's a message that yeah. you have unresolved trauma. And I mean, when you pick up that book to read it, it's not like you don't know what it's about right right you, you don't know the details or anything but you kind of have a gist of what you're about to get into mm -hmm. so yeah you kind of know that it's going to be a little bit triggering to begin with mm -hmm. but you're right it's it's important to talk about these topics because when we don't talk about them nothing changes and if nothing changes then we can't get better and society right. as a whole can't get better. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important. Mm -hmm. So what other coping strategies have you learned? Well, that's a good question. Um, so the journaling I do every day, I teach meditation as well. So um, the, the healing that takes place in reparenting is inside your body. Um, I spent my whole life dealing with how to please people, how to be this person, how to be behave like a good Christian, and looking outside of myself, always looking to others of who I should be. So I had to learn how to go inward and uh, to reparent myself. And to go inward, I had to learn how to meditate. So um, that's what I teach. Um, it's what I do daily as well. So, you know, how do you go inward? Well, first thing you do is you close your eyes because right then now you're, you're not focused on anything outside of yourselves. You know, our eyes are used to, um, you know, scan for safety where we're at. So make sure you're in a nice, um, safe place, quiet place in your, in your home and close your eyes and then start focusing on your breath slow your breath down and your breath acts like this this doorway that just 
you travel through as you as your breath goes from outside your body to the inside your body so your attention will follow so your mind will follow from outside your body to the inside of your body and it just takes a couple of minutes that you just focus on your breath and your breathing and then it naturally draws you to where where you're wanting to go the destination is to the inside of your body so breathing is really important it's a really great tool that's that's fabulous i struggle with meditation i try to do it (laughs) but uh it is hard to go inside there's just there's so much noise outside Mm -hmm. and i mean for me there's so much noise inside too Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. is it is a very difficult thing. But the, the few times that I have managed to achieve some kind of quietness, it really is helpful. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, you know, I tell people just a minute a day, start with a minute a day, because it will build it will it's a skill. Yeah. And if you do it a minute a day, you'll get more and more comfortable with uh, feeling what's going on on the inside of your body. That's a great point. A lot of times we think, and even with exercise, because I'm a, I'm a personal trainer and so many people mm-hmm. go, oh, I don't have time. And I'll go, I don't say a minute because a minute's not very long for exercise, but I'll say <laughs> 15 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a big, long chunk of time. It can be just 15 minutes when it's exercise, but like I said, a minute for meditation. It can be so fast, but you have to consciously put it into your day. Exactly. That, that's why I say a minute, because it's really hard to develop a life change. And even breathing a minute a day is not easy. <laughs> because it's a change. It's a change and change is not easy. So no. Yeah, a lot of times we want to fight change and we shouldn't fight change. Change is life. Life is change. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And what would you tell somebody who is struggling right now? Maybe they don't even know that they have PTSD like you didn't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're struggling. What are you going to tell them? Well, um, I would tell them to start with the, the minute a day breathing because um, there are struggles. Um, we have to connect to our struggles. That's another thing. The pain is in our body. Emotional pain is manifests in our body. Our emotions are in our body. Our pain is in our body. So somehow find a way to connect to your pain, to your struggles internally. That's the source. Um, you know, struggling in relationships, struggling um, with work or addictions or um you know, all, all, all the struggles, I guess, you know, that we have in life. Um, it starts here inside, inside of our body. So connecting to the source of your struggle, don't be afraid of connecting to your pain. Um, the pain, the message of pain is help me, help me. So just, if it's a minute a day, then you know, that's good enough, but start developing some kind of practice where you can connect to your body and, and uh, connect to your pain, which is um, the source, you know, it's the source of your struggles and um, start facing it, you know, start dealing with it. 
don't run away. You don't have to be scared. You don't have to run away. Uh, just be with it as, as little at a time as you can. And I say every episode that you need to be open and honest with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That is key. If you aren't honest with yourself, nothing's going to change. Right. Same thing if you're going to therapy, if you're not being honest with your therapist, why are you paying them? (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Any last, um, any last pieces of wisdom that you want to share? Yeah. um, You know, there it's, it's never too late. (laughs) It's never too late to start. You're not broken. Um, You're, you know, you're not a bad person you're not weak. Um, everybody has struggles and it's never too late. There's help available now, especially now, uh, with the research and the internet and podcasts like yours, um, books, there's a lot of, uh, help available right now. It's just that we have to sometimes just give ourselves permission to ask for help. I couldn't that's one of the things um, that prevented me from healing was I didn't know how to ask for help. I, I couldn't, I just, it was, I didn't know how. So you can ask for help. Um, email me. Uh, my, my email is my name, Dorothy Houston at gmail.com. And I just, I'll talk to you. I just have a conversation um, reach out, look for help. It's never too late. That is fabulous advice. And where can people pick up your book? It's on Amazon. Um, it's in audio form. I, uh, I was going to read it, but I, uh, hired, I decided to hire a professional voice, um, narrator to read my book for me. So it's available, available in audible, um, paperback and also ebook. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm working on my audio version of my one book. Mm -hmm. I did it all. And then I realized that a lot of the chapters didn't meet the right criteria. (laughs) So we'll keep working on it. Yeah. (laughs) I love audio books. I'm so glad that you have that available for everyone. And where can people follow you? Um, On my website, um, which is also my name. So just... uh, Go to my website. I have videos and downloads, um, teach you how to meditate. I have a newsletter, um, workshops, if you're interested in reparenting yourself. Um, so just my website. So go there and, you know, you can buy my book from there too. You know, every everything um, is there and- on my website. All of those links will be down in the description below. So you can very easily find Dorothy and give her a follow, get a hold of her book. And uh, thank you so very much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed talking with you. Again, thank you so much, Dorothy, for being on the show and just sharing your journey with us. That was some excellent tips. And remember everybody, you can find Dorothy's links down in the description below and get a hold of her book. Be sure to check out my blog. There will be a review of Dorothy's book coming out. 
And as well, we do have a merch store where 10% of the proceeds go back to the Canadian Mental Health Association, as well as the special line um, for my brother's designs that go back to the addiction services. And remember, the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly.